0: Tigers, I'm Shoots and scores! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers, the Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance.
1: Go. Welcome to the podcast that talks about the Medicine Hat Tigers and the WHL, this is Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. I am your host Jesse, alongside my broadcast colleague, Mister Lance Dahl. How are you, buddy? I think my
2: mic sock is dirty. I need to wash it. You got a dirty old mic sock? Yeah. Oh. Yeah it's it's not very pretty. What's on it? Hair from the old mustache, the old uh... duster. <laughs> There is hair, not for my mustache. <laughs> but I don't know. I was like, I just I had just put it on the mic and I was like, this is this doesn't feel very good. Anyway. Yeah, I can kinda see it in the background. Yeah, anyway. But here we are I'm talking okay. about
1: the Medicine Hat Tigers, a lot of stuff, a lot of things to get into. As we are recording this, um, just found out, actually just minutes ago, mm-hmm. uh Scott Roblin tweeting that Teague Patton from the Medicine Hat Tigers, had an upper body injury. Looks like that is now going to sideline him for the rest of the season. He's been out since, I think, 25th of March, so, somewhere. Something like that, yeah. And it looks like he's not going to be coming back, which I believe is a huge blow mm-hmm. to the offense of the Medicine Hat Tigers.
2: Yeah, it's four games left, so it's an opportunity for uh, some younger players to get some more minutes, and Teague now uh, can just focus on healing up and, and getting stronger in the offseason, coming back better next year, because I think he's one of those guys that they're going to be counting on to uh, to take a big step forward next year. So
1: I think so. I, I think he had a, a very good year, solid year. He had ten goals, twenty one points, fifty nine games. One of the bright spots, I think, in the offense of the Minnesota Tigers. And mm-hmm. uh, like Scott said in his tweet, I'm excited to see um, th- what the future holds for him. I feel like he's going to get better as the years go by.
2: Yeah, he he could be poised for for a pretty big jump in the summer into next season, just with the the development that his season had this year, just in the way that he played. He he was more on the perimeter to start the year, and before the injury, he was going to the net every opportunity he had and was becoming a little bit more physical. Uh, definitely a marked improvement, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, he now joins um, Daniel Baker, the captain, Brendan yep. Lee, yep, uh, on the sidelines as well, which, you know what, is not really a bad thing because... Uh, we kind of get into it a little bit when we talk to Scott later on in the podcast, but this is the time for the young guys to kind of show what they got, fight for their spot on the team next year. And looking back at the game against Saskatoon earlier this week, the young guys looked pretty good; like they mm-hmm. held their own against the Saskatoon Blades.
2: Yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot to like from from a bunch of them. So it's good when you have this competition and you have these younger players that uh, you can see. Are going to be able to make the jump within a couple of years, and or even for some players sooner than that, right? I mean, we came into the year not knowing about Andrew Bash's potential to to be on this roster, and then midway through the year, he plays himself into an everyday role. So uh, that's going to happen with a lot of these guys. You might not be able to do that in the last four games of the year, but uh, you have an opportunity at the very least. So
1: yeah, were you like me, like going into this season, it was hard. I didn't really know a lot about the team. It was almost like jumping on the bandwagon of a brand new team learning brand new guys. And I think <laughs> yeah. it had a lot to do with that kind of modified season last year and not mm-hmm. being able to see the team and watch the team be at games. I didn't really focus on them as much as I should have. And going into this year, I, I really felt like I didn't know a lot of guys. But now at the end, I feel like I'm very comfortable in what I know about this. Season. A
2: lot of people felt that way, right? Because you, you didn't get to see them for yourself. You, you could hear the call last year with Bob and Scott. You could... Uh, watch clips back, but but you're not really absorbing it the same. You're not in the building. You're not seeing them with your own eyes. Uh, you're not feeling the energy and, and whatnot. So, you're, yeah, you're not alone in that. And you also got to remember for a lot of these kids, like th- this is their first full season. Uh, and they're with, you know, being in and out of the lineup or injuries. Majority of them are not even at 60, 70 games on their Western Hockey League career. And they're wrapping up technically year two or, or potentially uh, part of year three. So, uh, there, there's a, uh, there's definitely that that vibe and that feeling. But yeah, I think I think a lot of people should be fairly familiar with the team by now. I'd hope.
1: I would hope so. And I mean, that <laughs> stat alone with not getting a legit full season last year, mm-hmm. Tiger fans and just fans that are frustrated in on this team this year have to remember that. Yeah, they this, don't have a lot of experience. This is a very inexperienced team getting better, and you've seen that as the games are going, as the season's progressing. We are getting better. Mm-hmm. We're still losing, and uh, unfortunately, that's going to happen. But the gameplay has gotten a lot better. You look at that game against Saskatoon, seven for seven on the penalty kill. I don't think we're getting games like that early in the season. No,
2: no, no, you definitely, you definitely were not. Uh, it was a lot of, uh, let's just try and hang on. Let's try and get four or five and see what we can do, right? And and you had that ability with Lucas Svikovsky on, on the team and Corson Hople was a part of it. And they clearly went to a direction where uh, they were going to go a little bit younger. And now injuries have played a big part in that, right? I mean, Brendan Lee has been in and out of the lineup for the last little while. Dan Baker, of course, like you mentioned for the season. Uh, Teek Patton's been in and out. There was a month where they didn't have Tyler McKenzie. Like, it, it just hasn't felt like yeah. they've had all their guys. Oasis Weisblatt's been out of the lineup the last little while. It hasn't felt like they've had a full complement of players. So uh, you're more often than not, even more so than during the middle of the year when they had a full roster and they were rotating new lines constantly. Like Now we're at the point where it's – you're basically drawing names out of a hat and seeing what the, the combinations might look like and what they might yeah. be able to get chemistry-wise. Like, There's always a, a new line that's being put together, and that, that's just kind of where we're at now in this season. But you want to see what you have and what could work for next year, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm excited to see how they uh, – listen, it's going to be a rough weekend in Manitoba, but uh, I'm going to look at more at some of the young guys the way they play mm-hmm. and not base it on the score because it could be ugly. But mm-hmm. I mean we look at the bright spots of what to expect this weekend. Like you
2: mentioned a 7 for 7 penalty kill. That's something you can that's look at. That's
1: something you look at and be like, wow, sure, we lost, we got shut out. Nolan Myers
2: pretty good Just goalie. needs to
1: leave the league already.
2: Yeah, he's been in here for seven <laughs> out like seven years. I was going to say seven hours. No, that's the Tigers have been in yeah. for seven hours.
1: But uh he's a goaltender, It's probably going to break that record, right?
2: Yeah, he he missed his opportunity recording this on a Thursday. They got absolutely shellacked by the Lethbridge Hurricanes Did last they? night. Yeah, I think oh. they lost, I think they lost 6-1. Mm. Uh and I know there was WHL Brass in Lethbridge. Uh the a lot of the office was there to to cover the event and then Lethbridge put a spoiler on that party. So
1: oh, maybe you just don't save it for when he gets home. Yeah, so, so he's going to have to save
2: it for another night, but yeah, it, it looks like he's going to I mean, he needs one more win to s- set the standalone record for Yeah. Most regular season wins by a goaltender.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll talk more about that with uh, our buddy Scott. We'll also uh, talk about Rids. I mean, the celebration, the appreciation of Bob Ridley. We now know the future. Will Bob Ridley call another game for the Medicine Hat Tigers? Well, we'll talk about that. Also, mm-hmm. uh, we'll let you know what former goaltender of the Medicine Hat Tigers Did pretty well in his NHL debut. Not bad. That and a whole bunch more on Tigers Uncaged. Come on. Check it out.
0: Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co op. Tigers. More roar in a minute. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op.
3: For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh, local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op, proudly serving the community for over 60 years you're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at Co-op Gas Bars. Fill up today on Strack and Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here.
0: Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. Can I reveal myself to you all here? Jesse and Lance.
1: Behold! Welcome back to the podcast, Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. And as always, we invite the interim play-by-play man, Mr. Scott Roblin, to the podcast. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing all right. Uh, for We got to talk about, obviously, the first thing a lot of Tiger fans are talking about. Bob Ridley, the celebration, the appreciation night, seeing that banner go up. I don't know about you guys, but... I had uh, a lump in my throat. I had some, uh, it's like I was cutting onions. There's just something about, you know, honoring the man who, when you think of the medicine at Tigers, I mean, you you think of Bob Ridley.
4: Yeah, and now whenever someone enters co-op place, they walk into that building and see his banner hanging alongside uh, Lanny McDonald and Tom Lysiak. Um, It's it's only the third individual who's ever been honored in that way by the Tigers, and uh, it is well-deserved. It's been a long time coming. Uh, I know talking with Rids, one of his biggest, Things was not only not calling his 4,000th game when it was supposed to happen back in 2020, but when his 4,000th hits, there was no one in the building. And this wasn't just a celebration of, of Rids, it's a celebration of the connections and the people that he's connected with here in the Western Hockey League, with the Medicine Hat Tigers, in the City of Medicine Hats, and it's so not being able to to share that night with everyone in the community, I think was one of the, the biggest downsides of that development season. So, um, you know, it came a couple of years late, but it was still an unbelievable celebration. Um, a, a first class ceremony by the Tigers. I thought they did an excellent job. Um, great remarks by uh, Commissioner Ron Robinson, And of course, Ridd's, uh, you know, one, one of his all time speeches. He's had a few good ones, but that's, <laughs> uh, that was up there. And um, to see the banner unveiled, I mean, it's just the, the culmination of a career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for even me, in the limited experience I've had, you don't get into doing play-by-play to get your banner raised in a rafter somewhere. That's, you know, that that's reserved for the all-time greats in an organization. And the fact that Bob has his banner up there, I think, goes to show just how much respect the Tigers have for him, the City of Medicine hats. Um, you know, personally, being able to call him a friend, seeing uh, that face up in the rafters is something very, very special. And and of course, uh, the the big news coming out of it as well that uh, Bob Ridley is going to keep up his streak of calling a game in every single Medicine Hat Tiger season. He will be back behind the mic forward the Tigers last game on April 15th against the Edmondson oil Kings cannot wait for that night. Um, it's been a, a long time coming and, uh, we're, we're all just thrilled to see Bob returning and being able to be celebrated like he was on Saturday.
2: Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, I, I mean, it's cool to see too. I think a lot of people forget that he has a media award named after him with the Western hockey league. Uh, and uh, naturally, he was the first winner, which would have been awkward if he wasn't. I mean <laughs> here here's an award named after you. you'll never win. So uh glad he got the first one uh, last year. but it, you're right. it was it's so funny looking back at that time now, and I know for for us, Jesse, like that was gonna be probably the biggest weekend that we've seen at Co-op Place, considering there was the the big game for for Bob and Brad Paisley yep. on that weekend. like that was gonna be a monstrous weekend at co-op place, and then pfft, all of a sudden that didn't happen. Yep. Uh, but but to kind of see at least Bob's end of things get get re- re-writed, uh, rewrote at least a little bit with uh, the celebration is is so cool to see. And uh, and now uh, I guess we can look forward to, to their final home game on the 15th. It's just a matter of getting there. And uh, before we talk about this trip through Manitoba, which will be fun yet very difficult, um, it, it was uh, a tricky Last little while, uh, the home and home with Lethbridge obviously goes uh, not the way you would want them to go I guess is the best way to put it and uh, and then you follow that up with a tough one against one of the winningest goaltenders in Western Hockey League history Nolan Meyer and Saskatoon Blades just what you've seen Scott over the last few games from this Tigers club obviously offense uh, probably comes front of mind and the lack thereof uh, with this Tigers group
4: yeah over the course of these eight straight losses for Medicine Hat heading into uh, this weekend road trip out to Manitoba the Tigers have seven goals in eight games and they have not been able to generate I'd say they're doing a better job of generating offensive chances and shots, but just the, the, the bounces aren't going their way. I mean, it's a cliche, but it is true. I mean, the scrambles in front, usually one of those times uh, a puck ends up on a stick and you're able to bury it um, uh, up close, and that hasn't been happening for the Tigers. Uh, they're doing a better job, especially on the power play, of really kind of working it around and getting a few more chances than they were uh, even a week or two ago. But, um, you know, being blanked on home ice, which has kind of been a – a continuing thing over the last few weeks for this team, it's it's tough, and you know, even looking back on that home and home set against the Lethbridge Hurricanes, falling in the way they did, allowing 12 goals over those two games, and um you know, you you put in those kind of performances where the games just both go sideways, and then you see at the end of the season that you go 0 for 8 against your biggest rival, and that is uh, something that stings for sure mm-hmm. for this team. And we've talked about on the broadcast and we talked about with the coaching staff that this team has to use that as fuel for next year to say we can't go through another season, not only this year, where, you know, you're entering your last four games and you're only sitting on eleven wins, but also you weren't able to beat Lethbridge once this year. And so um there, there is good that can come out of that. There is positive steps you can take if you're able to use that as fuel. But make no mistake, that's uh it was it was a tough weekend for the mm-hmm. team and being able to not put in the performance that they would have liked. And I honestly think on Tuesday night against the Saskatoon Blades, overall it was a pretty good performance from the Tigers. I think there were more positives than negatives in that game, especially in that first period. I thought that was one of the best first periods the Tigers have had in a while. The outshots, Saskatoon 10-7, to look dangerous at times, but you have a minute stretch um, in the second period where a one nothing game turns into a 3 nothing game real quick. And the the thing for the Tigers, and we've seen it this year, is when games start to get, I wouldn't say out of control, but you know you start looking at three and four goal deficits. The 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 pushback is there, but necessarily doesn't look dangerous. And I think when you're facing a team like Sask- Saskatoon, who as the game went along, clogged up the neutral zone mm-hmm. so consistently, and really didn't allow the Tigers to attack much in the third period. Um, I I think it was one of those games where. Just the, the Tigers' window to really strike was in that first, and they weren't able to do so. Nolan Meyer didn't have to make many outstanding, spectacular saves, but he was consistent as he's been over the course of his WHL career. And uh, for Medicine Hats, it's just uh, you know not really having the staying power, um, being able to stretch that through 60 minutes. And you know we've said the word pretty much on every podcast this year, but it goes back to consistency. And this team putting together a really solid first were really good in the second for stretches too. They had a big five-on-three mm-hmm. penalty kill. Um, again, there was a lot of good stuff that happened on Tuesday night, but unfortunately for Medicine Hat, uh, not resulting in enough offense, not uh, enough grade A chances, especially in the third period, and Saskatoon was just able to build up enough of a lead where they could uh, coast the rest of the way.
1: Uh, we mentioned this a little bit last week on, on the podcast, but it seems like the Tigers are just working on certain things. You look at the goaltending, I think the goaltending has really gotten a lot better In the tail end of this season The defense has been really good I mean 7 for 7 on the penalty kill There's no shot we would have been able to say that Midway through this season
4: Well and that's something I think the Tigers did a good job of When we spoke with Joe Frazier you know, he, he actually didn't mind the penalty kill too much last weekend. Now, the, the biggest thing for the team was it's been their biggest strength. And then on Saturday, they go 0-3 on the PK. They allow three power play goals to the Lethbridge Hurricanes. And while they look good, I mean, that's you know a tough stat line on any given night. But the Tigers did a really good job of bouncing back on Tuesday in the PK. Like you said, yeah. going 7-for-7. Seven seven they were really able to hold guys like Kyle Krinkovic and Brandon Lasowski at bay. Uh, Igor Sidorov, you could throw into that group as well. And Tanner Molendyk was holding Mm -hmm. onto the puck a lot uh, along the points. So um, that, that was good. I think the Tigers PK has been one of their biggest strong points over these last couple of weeks when the goals haven't been coming and the wins haven't been coming. But, you know, I I agree, Jesse, because this is a, a young team and being able to focus in on every single aspect of the game at once and, having that well-rounded game is something this team is chasing, and they will continue to chase into next year, I think.
1: I mean, we talked about it. They weren't getting shots. Like, they were getting no shot. There was one game where I think they only had nine shots in the whole game. The last few games we've seen, they're getting shots. Mm -hmm. They're just not getting that puck in the back of the net. Granted, I know they're probably easy shots, but you look at a guy like Van Mulligan, who I'm a big fan of, that dude has two goals from just putting a shot on net. So I I do love that they're putting shots on net now. It's just the, the, the whole season. We just have not been getting scoring. It maybe scoring's on the way. I don't know, but that yeah. to me, in the last little bit, if I could sum up this whole season, there has been no scoring ever since we traded the two guys that were scoring our goals.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> and that's gonna happen, right? Yep. That was kind of the that was the sign that that this team was going in a different direction, was gonna play the youngsters, and it, it was funny. Like I was talking to Scott in between, uh, it was like a commercial break on a media break, and, and I, I looked at him, I said. Like, listen, we just don't have an Austin Matthews. You don't have a guy with that kind of shot, right? Even yep. even what what Cole Sillinger brought in his limited time in Medicine Hat was was an NHL ready release at such a young age, and, and you just don't have that. So, so how are you going to manufacture goals? Well, you have to get into into the crease area. You need to generate those scrums. They started doing that uh, more effectively, I would say, against the Blades. Now you you want to see that continue, but. For for now, let's say that they're they're trending in that right direction. They're starting to create a, a little bit of chaos in the net front. Now it's just a matter of, of getting yourself in the right spots to out-battle the, those guys in front to to win those
4: 50-50s and start jamming some goals in. Because getting there is one thing, but you have to work from there afterwards, right? Yeah, I mean, the team was able to get a lot more opportunities in tight on Nolan Meyer than what we've seen over the last couple of weeks where, you know... Even though they got a lot of shots blocked last night, and I think that necessarily wasn't the Tigers just seeing lanes close. I think it was more Saskatoon really just selling out. I mean, the Blades did an unbelievable job of getting into, into shooting lanes on Tuesday night. But I think the team is getting towards the front of the net. But like you said, it's about just that little extra to win those battles in tight. Because I think Saskatoon did a good job of there's a shot from the Tigers stopped by Meyer or it deflects down to him and the puck is sitting at the top of the crease. Everybody is crashing towards it. And just the blades were a little bit quicker, maybe just a little bit stronger, able to get to that puck, able to give Meyer a second to hop on it or to steer it into the corner. And mm-hmm. I think for the Tigers, um, the, the plays like that just come down to, to effort, you know, and and it's not saying that the Tigers haven't put in an effort when it comes to, to crashing the net. I think we've seen – Consistently over, I I think the last couple of games, more of a uh, of a push to try and get get to those areas first and foremost. But like you're saying, Lance, it's it's getting to those areas and then just having enough to get your stick on that puck and being able to muscle guys off. And um, that's up to guys like you know Ashton First or Stephen Arp, Logan Barlogi, those guys who are just naturally stronger and are well positioned in front of the nets and can use that size. When you're facing WHLD, man, it's it's a step up in terms of how big they are, how physical, how strong they are. And uh, I think the Tigers, these last four games, that's going to be where they're going to score their goals. They're mm-hmm. facing three teams over their last four games in Brandon, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. It is three very, very solid teams, even on the back end as well. So um, you know, those net front battles, I think, are going to be a real sticking point for this team moving forward over the last four games. I think the Tigers have the ability to to cause some havoc and they have scored a, a decent chunk of the goals, especially over the first half of the season in that area. It's just about, you know, getting that through an entire game and, you know, not getting frustrated when, you know, you're muscled off the puck one time. Well, if it goes into the corner, throw it back to the D man, start moving it around and maybe getting another opportunity. Yeah. And, and
2: that's where you notice it, it, Like so often you mentioned the bigger guys Art first or Barlogi is those ones that can get in front of the net, but, you look at different players that have made a name for themselves uh, at the next level, right? And you don't have to look far for a guy like Andrew Mangiapane with the Calgary Flames and how he's an undersized player who wins a lot of his puck battles through a lot of effort, but he's also really good in tight spaces. And I think that's something that the Tigers are learning how to play in is is those tight spaces. We talk about Teague Patton because he's driving the net and he's becoming effective in a very congested area, right? And that that's something that it doesn't click for guys right away. It takes a little bit of time to try and, and learn how to play in those areas. But one thing that I, I think you and I both noticed, and Jesse, I, I'm sure you did too, was especially in that first period last time for the Tigers, there was sustained pressure. Yep. Like they, they would have offense generation for, for a couple of minutes. It wasn't like so often this season we've seen one chance and then it goes back into the neutral zone or it's transitioning the other way. It's an on-man rush. But the Tigers were able to, to hold pressure in the offensive zone get a line change in and and keep up the, the four check that's that's something we haven't seen a ton we of, only right? see
1: that in the third period yeah yeah when it's desperation when it's desperation yeah yeah, yeah yeah but to see that early on in the game was like whoa okay and I even told some of the the city workers at co-op place I said Saskatoon's a team that they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde like this could be an ugly game we've seen ugly games or this might be a pretty close game And yeah. you look at that first period those young kids that we had we're playing with Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. That What's the 15-year-old kid's name? Lindstrom. 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 Yeah, get him on the creatine or protein <laughs> right now because you want to talk about size. That's going to be get a big Get him to boy.
2: Dr. Joe Rogan, Yeah, like now?
1: Yeah. that He is going to be a big boy. And yeah. seeing him with the puck, like 15 years old, this kid's going to be fun he to watch. And he looks good. He thinks the game
4: well. He does. And and he th- he's getting more comfortable at making those quick decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest... Changes when you're coming up from you know the U17 level that uh, he's been playing at for you know the last season with Delta Hockey Academy. Um, the the younger players are looking really good. Really good. I I, I look at I thought Hunter St. Martin has especially this week had some really good performances. He's looking like he's going to break through at any point. Yeah, and he's you know, responsible, right? He is, and and he's been a guy where if a puck is sitting in the neutral zone, he's first in there to try and knock it loose and bring it up wing. Now it doesn't always mean he's going to keep possession right. but that's expected out of a young player and just that want and will to have the puck on his stick we're, we're seeing that here um i i do think and you know it's going back to a previous point the, i think the tigers are missing teague Patton and oasis weisblatt right now um we'll we'll see i think you know speaking with the coaching staff likely we'll we'll see oasis's return before teagues but those are two players who when you go back to net front presence they're not necessarily the big, huge bodies that are going to be deflecting pucks, but they're going to be the guys that are driving towards the front of the net, willing to take some abuse. Um, and and Joe Frazier flat out said the best line we've had over the second half of the season has been Basho, Oasis-Wise, Blatt, and Teague Patton. Two mm-hmm. of those three guys have been out of the lineup for the last number of games. So that that net front presence when those players come back uh, over these last four games, that is going to be a big boost in terms of driving play there. But going back to the younger players, I, I, I've been really impressed with – even though he's played a, a bunch of hockey over the back half of the season, I look at Reed Andreessen and mm-hmm. the strides that he's taken this year. Um, he's been a guy who I think the Tigers are gonna have no issues leaning on as a top four guy next year. And, and I think he's a guy that we're we're starting to see that progression of being able to play big minutes being put in big game scenarios. Um, you know, you look at the pairing with him and Pasha Bocharov in just the the skill that both have and That is like a D pairing that you look at and say, those two guys have all the potential in the world to become a dynamic duo on the back end. Now, they're both still young and will make mistakes defensively. But I look at where they've come from, especially at the beginning of the season and in terms of Pasha's case, being brought over midseason from the Blades. um, Those are two guys I could see really taking big steps over the course of the summer, and I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with a bigger role and a bigger responsibility potentially next year. Yeah,
2: that's that's a good point. I mean, Botrov has started to earn more time on the penalty kill as well, and he was he was really, really impressive uh, going 7-for-7 seven seven on the penalty kill against the Blades on Tuesday. Uh, he was a big part of that. You're seeing just steps taken from everyone on the team, and I think that's that's the biggest almost focal point. And, and so now we're, we're getting close to summer, and we've alluded to it a little bit on the broadcast, but – like, there's so much that's going to be determined over the summer. There's a reality that, I mean, more than likely, not all these guys, even if they can return, will return, because that's just how a season goes. And and so, with these last four games, you want to become one of those players that you build around, or one of those guys that you can throw into a slot and say, you know what, this is going to be the group. I, I mean, you would think, sitting here right now, that a line of Basho, Wiseblatt and Patton will be together next year, but then you don't have to look too far back. And we were talking about Tyler McKenzie playing with Teague Patton and how well that mm-hmm. blended together, right? So there's a lot of opportunity, but the one thing you want to see is just the development over the summer of, of getting faster and, and getting stronger and, and maybe taking some time now to, to look back on, on things that you can improve on within the game. And, and the one point that I've noticed time and time again, when the Tigers start to fall back into their old habits, it's forcing pucks into high traffic areas, where they cannot maintain possession. So often, and I think we, we saw this a couple times, even last uh, the last game against the Blades, they go D-to-D, right? They're, they're starting to work the puck out of their zone. They're along their own blue line with possession, and they filter it up the strong side of the boards where there's around 17 bodies and a referee. And it's just that there's too much happening, right? Instead of going back the other way and, and opening up the ice, like in, in soccer, you call it a switch. I mean, just going D-to-D, and, and then you have the open side of the ice available on the weak side. It's things like that that, like working on, on just understanding how important possession matters five on
4: five, not just power play. Those are the things you want to see developing on, on the off season, right? And it, it it's key for them when they're moving to the weak side, being able to put the puck in a place where it's gonna be advantageous for the defensive uh, the D-man along the blue line or the forward on the opposite side to pick it up. Because we have seen times where the Tigers try that play, work it around the the boards on the weak side, and the D-man is too far over to the strong side that the puck exits the zone and yeah. then you have to reset and the play is basically scrapped at that point. So I think the Tigers, they're, they're slowly getting better at that, at putting pucks in places, not even spots that are going to be tape to tape, but just spots where... If I put this right here and it's accurate, I know that my D-man's going to get there first. I know my forward's going to get there first. We saw that last night in terms of uh, a passing play where Braden Bain was cutting towards the net, and it was a pass out into the slots. It wasn't tape-to-tape to to Braden Bain, but he has the speed to beat his man to the puck and get a quick shot off. Plays like that, I think the Tigers, over the summer, are going to have to work on in in terms of speed, in terms of agility, in terms of picking that up. I, I think this might be an extreme example, but you look at the difference... From last year's Lucas Sveikovsky to this year's Lucas Sveikovsky when he was with Medicine Mats. The speed that he got over the course of the summer, he looked like a different player. His ability to go from zero to 100, just that quick acceleration, that's something he picked up over the summer. Now, not every player is Lucas Sveikovsky, and obviously, you know, he's plying his trade with Seattle and should also mention, you know, a big congrats to him picking up his NHL contract this week with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm -hmm. Huge. Um, Well deserved for Lucas. But, that's an example the Tigers can look at and say, this is the strides that he made literally in his game mm-hmm. over the course of a summer. Now, it might be a little bit less pronounced for some of the younger players because is a 20-year-old and is able to make those bigger strides when he's had some more experience in the league. But you can see big developments in players' game. I even remember um, you know, a couple of years back out of his rookie season when he came back for the development year, just how much bigger Drew Krebs looked. Yeah, Yeah. Just in terms of muscle that he put on and being able to absorb hits. That's something that we saw when Drew was a rookie was, you know, he was offensively creative, had solid defensive instincts, but, you know, was a little bit undersized and was pushed off the puck a few times. When he came back for the development season, he looked like a different defenseman. And that's a big reason, I think, why Washington drafted him as well, because they say this guy is looking more and more like a guy who could turn pro in a couple of years. So whether it's the actual skills of the game, being able to pick up a harder shot, a bit more pace to your to your skating ability, or being able to pack on some muscle, I, I look at a guy like Stephen Arp and I say, man, oh, if God. this guy hits the gym this summer, watch out oh, for God. next year. Like He's going to be a big body for the Tigers. Um, there, there's a lot that can happen over a short amount of time in the summer if the Tigers are able to play their cards right.
1: Protein, creatine. Let's go. Summer yeah, Doctor Joe Re- yeah, yeah. Joel Rogan. Doctor Joel Rogan. Get him in there. Uh, I want to go back to uh, the weekend against Lethbridge because something that stood out to me. They go to Lethbridge, playing the Hurricanes. Logan Barlogi was uh, addressed by the crowd. I think he got a little bit of an ovation. He was a star at at, uh, at that game. I don't know about you. I know it was Ridley's night, and I'm not taking anything away from Rids. I was a little disappointed that there was no love for Corson Hopwell mm-hmm. in his final game as a Medicine at Tiger. The dude went and fought, and I think it was a planned <laughs> fight because I saw a thumbs up in the penalty box. Yeah, I think it was real.
4: I want to, I want to believe it was real. Him and real.
1: Danielson, they did a thumbs up afterwards.
4: So I don't, I don't know if the if, hu- the hilarious part about that fight was so it was in behind the play and they fought at center ice, which I mean, the the theater of it. I yeah, mean, two yeah. two longtime teammates with the Tigers and. I remember distinctly when they went to the penalty box, Corson and Noah are turned away from us up top. So you can't see their expressions. But seeing the Tigers' D-men coming over to bring Noah his equipment, they are killing themselves laughing. Yeah, I I just wanted to believe it was real because
2: that's the theater I want in my mind.
1: But (laughs) I also know that he was very well-respected, Corson Hopwell, because when I was getting the boys ready – Corson's always the first one he was the first one out there ready for the Tigers he was the first one in Lethbridge I opened the door I said congrats on everything we shook hands all that some of the Tigers were giving him a head nod so he was very respected on the team when he was a part of the team I was a little disappointed I'm not saying there needed to be a package on him but not have a camera on him to let the crowd give him an ovation yeah I was a little disappointed in that. He should have been a star. He should have been I just more
4: received. Mhm. I think one of the things that was good, I think, on that night with Corson was, you know, he took that ceremonial face-off uh, against yes, Logan Barlogy. Yes. And, you know, I think that was big for Corson as well because, you know, it's a big night for Bob Ridley. And, obviously, Corson has, you know, had a great friendship with Bob since, uh, you know, Corson was a member of the Tigers. And being able to to take that ceremonial face-off I thought was a was a nice touch, especially considering, you know, he's not the the captain of, right. uh, of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. He yeah. was in the starting lineup that night. But, um, yeah, I mean, Corson, you know, he... He exemplified what it was to be a Tiger during his time. And you know what? I think right now with Lethbridge, they are really controlling their own destiny in terms of their seeding in the playoff race. And I I truly do think that they, out of all the teams that are in that group with Calgary and Prince Albert and Swift Currents and themselves, you can maybe even throw Regina in there, though they have a, an outside chance. Yeah. Um, I would say Lethbridge right now has been playing some of the more consistent hockey, and they put themselves in the best position to try and clinch a playoff spot. I think it is going to come down to probably the last weekend of the season to do it but uh, that I think would be huge for Corson Hoppo to be able to play some playoff games to end his career. Now likely you're going to be facing either Edmonton or Winnipeg in the first round Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily the best matchup that you want but that's a big reason why Lethbridge made that trade for Corson was to add some veteran presence in terms of making a playoff push and you know what? they the The Hurricanes, I think, are underrated in terms of their offensive ability when everything is is firing on. So, you know, I, I for one, you know, he's played his final game here at Co-op Place, and I know there's a lot of people in the city that are going to be cheering for Corson uh, to to try and make a deep playoff run with the with the Canes as much as it would pain yeah. a lot of Tigers fans uh, to see Corson uh, being yeah. able to to play some playoff hockey would be pretty cool. Yeah, if they got swept and Corson had four goals in four games, <laughs> I think that would that would, that would make Tiger that. fans okay,
2: right? Yeah, but, I'll take that. But you're like I, I'm with you, Jesse. I think that there was an opportunity. And it's tough on on that last game because uh, it, it is Bob Ridley night. And if you ask Corson, he doesn't want to be the center of attention yep. anyway. So uh, he's probably he's probably all right with it. But at the same time, uh, even on his first trip back when, after the trade, uh, I was I was a little disappointed. There wasn't something for a guy who who really did exemplify what it meant to be a Tiger and. and uh, you don't have to, to go far back in, in the history books between him and, and James Hamlin as a couple of those players of recent memory that really do exemplify what it means to be a tiger. so uh, obviously we, we wish him the best but uh, but not too much success with the, with the hurricanes. <laughs> yeah uh, Last one for me, Scott and uh, and then we can maybe wrap things up with Mads. Yeah. Um, but there was or there's going to be now four games left in the season like you alluded to the big trip through through Manitoba. Uh, is there anything that you you think Tigers players can do to to improve things in, I guess, maybe the way they're perceived by coaching staff and management for next season? Or, or is it just, you know, let's play it out, let's, let's keep working on what we're working on and, uh, and try and leave the best impression possible?
4: I don't think it's necessarily front of mind being like, I need to do this to keep a spot for next year, or I need to do this to be elevated to maybe top yeah, six gain or, more or minutes top or something. Four. Yeah. yeah, but I do think when you look at the coaching staff and you look at a young crop of players like they have right now, I think trust is the most important thing. Yeah. If for the coaching staff to say in this scenario, I can trust you to go out on the ice and being able like to we make talk about difference. with Reed. Yes, like, exactly. Reed
2: Andreessen has earned the trust because he was thrown into penalty killing and he succeeded at it. And he now earns more minutes. Right.
4: And, and you know, I, this team obviously would love to, to pick up some wins before the season concludes because you know winning cures all ailments in the Western Hockey League and being able to get things back on track but I think the biggest thing for this team is gain the trust of the coaching staff you know the coaching staff does have trust in this team but I think being able to say hey we've matched up against really tough teams down the backstretch and we've we've played our hearts out and been able to put together a performance that you can be proud of for the end of the season. It's yeah. gaining that consistency. And I think for the players as well, it is going to be key to see how they're able to rise to the occasion because we have seen times this year where the Tigers have played some really good hockey against some top tier teams around the league. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great opportunity for the team to be able to do that. When I've talked with the coaches and players, they're they're playing on borrowed time right now because... If the season went as planned, we'd be in the offseason right now. Locker cleanout day would have happened by now. The, the Lethbridge game on the Saturday at home, that was supposed to be the last game of the season for the Tigers. Because of their COVID postponements, they get an extra two weeks, essentially, to, yeah. to play out the rest of the season. And this team knows they're not making playoffs. But this is the last chance for the team, knowing that there's probably going to be changes in the offseason. It's not going to be the exact same team that comes back that it's their last chance to go on a three- or four-day road trip out to Manitoba. You know, it's a chance for them to have one more home game at co-op place this year. So the team knows that they're 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 grateful for this time being able to be together for these last, you know, week, week and a half of the season. And it's an opportunity for them to, to put together and string together some performances they can be proud of. And it's an opportunity to play three games in three days, which is, you know, for this Tigers team, it's been a busy second half of the season, but this is a chance to... You know, we, we've all been waiting for this WHL season through all the delays, through all the postponements. We're, we're back to a full WHL season, and it's a 3-3. Three and three. It's going to be a grind, but I, I know the team's looking forward to this trip coming up. For sure.
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of what I said to, uh, you know, some Tiger fans have been aching, Understandably, It's it's been a rough year, but very grateful that we got a season. That right, we're able to be season, at yeah. co-op place. We're able to watch hockey live, and listen, it's not our year. It's fine. We'll get, we'll get it back. It, it's it's sports. Yeah. It's it's years you have bad years. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, this is a bad year. Who cares? Move on. Let's get it done. We look forward to next year. Well, yeah. you look
4: back to those early two thousands lean years for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Those are some rough times for the organization. A Few years later, they win a WHL championship. Exactly.
1: It, it's going to happen. We're not going to be in the running every single year. Unfortunately, that's just the way hockey goes. I trust Willie. I trust the coaching staff. I trust the team. Two years we'll be on the ice drinking champagne. Dressing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> champagne. Bookmark bookmark this moment yeah, here. No <laughs> Before we, we let you go, we have to talk about Mad Sogard. Of course, uh, he was loved here. It when he was here, I remember when we drafted him, everyone, everyone was at the leisure center watching this kid practice because he was the biggest goaltender anyone has ever seen.
2: Yeah, they're like, Who the hell is this thirty five year old?
1: Right? Everyone was like, Man, this guy's so huge, he covers the net. he doesn't have to move. He's yeah. gonna shoot and it's gonna hit him. Uh, He got to play for the Ottawa Senators on Saturday night, notching his very first NHL career. He let two goals in. He had, uh, I believe, 27 saves. Uh, He looked fantastic. And if you go on Twitter, Ottawa Senators fans were losing their mind that he is the second coming. He's going to be the guy that gets them the cup. Last night, or a couple nights ago, on Twitter, they were playing uh, Montreal. And if you go to the Montreal arena, apparently the visiting team has to go across the ice to get to their bench. Sogard was the first and the last person on the bench soaking everything in. That's cool. Is this kid, I know it's only been one game, 21 years old, is he NHL ready?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at the numbers he's putting up in the American Hockey League, and we were talking about is he ready for pro hockey. I think that's been well established (laughs) that he's been able to do this. And don't forget, during the, the COVID shutdown, he was able to go back to his home country in Denmark and play some professional hockey over there as well. You know what? There's definitely parts of his game that he's looking to improve upon. And he's still extremely young when it comes to the NHL. But I-, I think Mads has been able to, through just his work ethic, through his talent, through his size, through uh, mark all the above, be able to say, yeah, I have I have a decent shot at an NHL career here. And this is his, his opportunity. He's been waiting for a moment like this. Um, you know, his, his brother is a diehard Sens fan. I remember talking to him when he got drafted by the Sens that it was, you know, a dream come true for him because, you know, his family is, you know, big on the Ottawa Senators and he joins that organization and I remember him coming into town and just that first year with the Tigers just absolutely taking the reins of that Nets and did not let it go and speak with the coaching staff, speaking with Willie, you know, he said, you know, when he started that second year, he had a bit of a down spell and, you know, it didn't go as planned, but he was able to bring it back on track, was able to bring that stabilizing presence. And if you want to talk about the current Tigers team, Matt Sogard's impact is still in that Tigers locker room through Garen Bjorkland and through yeah. Garen Bjorkland Beckett Lankow and through those two players, players like Ethan McCallum and Zach Zahara and, and the list goes on. That all trickles down from Mads and his time here. Garen has talked about so many times about what he learned under Mads Sogard, and we're seeing that now as Garen is one of the veterans of the team now. So uh, the fingerprints are all over this Tigers team, even though it was only a couple of years that Mads was with the team, um, and you're seeing him being able to string it together at the NHL level. It's just really cool to see. I love that warm-up lap that he took in Detroit. Uh, First goaltender I've seen maybe ever who who just – the, the team was like no no ditch the mask yeah right. go out there he's got the the, yeah. the flow going <laughs> so different. cool to see and he comes out there in his first game real solid performance 27 saves and picks up the win for the ottawa senators it's it's well deserved for mads
2: yeah i know ever since uh i got the chance to meet him he just he's he's, he's built a little bit differently like mm-hmm. you can tell there's some guys who who just carry themselves in a different way and, and mads is one of those people and I'll never forget one of my, uh, my favorite and funniest conversations I've had with Mads was uh, getting to, to ask him because one of Canada's best exports is Tim Hortons, of course, right? And so I said, well, Mads, what's the best export of Denmark? Like, like what, is, what is that one item? And uh, I'm told rye bread. Is just a <laughs> well, wonderful, wonderful export. Rye bread's export. pretty, rye bread's yeah. pretty yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did not expect that of all the things,
4: rye bread to be on the list, but apparently it's great. I'm in surprised
1: Denmark. he didn't say me. Well, <laughs> I, I but, thought that could be too. But
4: this is the thing with Mads, and you even saw it during his post game interviews and celebrating in the locker room no ego. No, not. This is no. a guy who you could tell is grateful to be where he is. He's worked his tail off to get there, but he's. One of the good ones. you It know, mm-hmm. c- couldn't happen to a better guy. Well,
1: you look at him on the bench and he's just soaking it all in because he probably knows. He's still young. He knows that he, he'll make it eventually, but he knows at any moment he gets sent down again. Well, so in the competition for in?
4: that Ottawa net, there's a number of young goaltenders oh, yeah. who are looking to get that spot. Yeah. So he knows that this could be fleeting. But I, I think what he's been able to show in the American Hockey League, what he's been able to show in his first NHL start, I think he's ready.
1: Let's have a conversation. I remember Kevin Nastiak. He had a little stint with the Canes. Uh, Keatley had a little bit with the the Flames. Any other goaltenders?
4: Ooh, I don't
1: put you on the away. spot, but I, I was having a conversation at the game, and I couldn't remember any other goaltender. Mm. Uh, Merrick was a huge I mean, part of the Tiger, but did Merrick ever go to the NHL?
4: Longhammer? Longhammer, like yeah. no. He played World Juniors. Um, yeah, I remember the I juniors. mean, if you go back to, I mean, Osgood and yeah, Pete Peters yeah. and, like, the, the – well, Kelly, old, Rudy. Kelly, Kelly Rudy, Kelly Rudy, yeah. he loves his alumni. But but as of late, you know the goaltending position. Tigers have had good goaltending, but you know in terms of NHL exports, yeah, uh, it's been a while.
1: It has been so good on Matt Sogard. and
4: I, I might also want to just mention it's been a good year for Tigers making their NHL's, <laughs> NHL really debuts. Has. We've had Mads, we've had Mason Shaw, mm-hmm. we've had Christians Rubens, Cole mm-hmm. Sillinger, James Hamblin signs his NHL deal. Yeah, like, it's been good. That's there, been quite a year. Where's Quenville now? Is he still with the? Devils, he's in the Devils organization, I still believe, but I think might he's be in
1: wrong the wrong AHL, about. right? He's, I know we're, I, we're just I love when you just bring spot. up random things that we My don't have brain the answers just to. just randomly goes because I know he was with I thought with the Islanders, yeah. and then he went to the there was a trade involved
4: where he went to the Devils. I believe he's playing in Sweden right now. Oh, oh wow, well, there Sweden? you go. Look at that, he's Quenville. crossed the ocean.
1: I will say, Quenville was probably one of the last offensive defenders I remember having. Right. We have very good defenders. But for a guy that you could put on the the power play and you knew was gonna score, Quinville was that guy. Yeah,
4: yeah. For IK Oscar Sham, he's got twenty three points in fifty one games in the Swedish hockey league. IK Oscarsham? Oscar Sham.
1: I just ordered their jersey. I was going to say, out there. Go get a
4: jersey, I guess. Uh,
1: Guys, it's always a pleasure talking Tigers with you. Uh, Scott, enjoy this weekend. Your final road trip of the season, going to Manitoba. Who knows? I mean, these Manitoba teams could take the Tigers lightly, and the Tigers may have some tricks up their sleeve. Who knows? But Scott will have the call right here on Chat 94.5.
0: More hockey talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. By by South, South Country Coast. Co-op.
3: When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Stracken Road. This is your best wash. This is your best wash. Extreme touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure ja when it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Red Cliff, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond it's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Stracken Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here.
0: The Talk of Tiger Town. Great moments. Born in great opportunity. Tigers uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op.
1: Welcome back to Tigers uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. I have to say, Lance, every time that we get together, I I always wonder if we're going to have enough to talk about with Scott. Like, are we (laughs) able? Are we able to dissect enough? Are we able to kind of make something out of this and? This has been really fun. Like, I've really enjoyed this whole, is this is the 23rd episode that we've done. Right. And it's just three guys getting together in a room. We're talking Tigers. We're talking WHL. And it was, it was funny. The last game against Saskatoon, I had uh, someone come up to me and say, you three sitting there talking about the Tigers, it's like you've been fans of the team for years. And... I mean, we have.
2: I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of the, the truth at the same time. You and I <laughs> so grew good. up
1: in Medicine Hat. We're from Medicine Hat. So yep. we grew up with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Scott has been covering the Tigers for a long time. He yep. knows the ins and outs of this team. And I, whether they're having a good season or bad, I love this team. I love repping the orange and black.
2: True. Facts. Facts. Yeah, I couldn't say it much better. I mean, it's been, uh, it's funny we we come into to some of these and think man there's not much to talk about and then all of a sudden it's 35 minutes with Scott and and shout out to Scott by the way we we have to get him something I don't know what we got to get him we got poor man needs some booze yeah I think we need to get him some some liquor because this guy hasn't gotten much time off no maybe we'll go to the South Country Co-op liquor store I think that, we should that might be somewhere we go because uh, yeah he doesn't get much time off and to, originally to start the year he wasn't supposed to be on every single podcast no. episode. Yet he's been on every single week. So well, we,
1: we kind of hinted. We're like, hey, can we get you on the occasional time? And, you know, you're going to be filling in for rids. And how about you come on? Let's talk about the games and all that. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then he was just so good and easy to talk to. And he's a buddy of ours yep. that we're like, why don't you just take the third chair? And mm-hmm. let's just hang see out where it goes.
2: Yeah. So so next year we'll have to try and get his name on the actual like intro or something. Yeah, I, I think we should. We, should, been we probably huge, owe it to him. <laughs> he's been a
1: huge part of this. He knows the ins and outs of the team, right? He's True. the one that is on the bus. He's on the bus with them right now Facts. as they're on their way to Manitoba. And um, I know he won't uh, want us to do it in front of him, but with Rids coming back for the final game, mm-hmm. shout out to Scott Roblin. Those, yeah. those are not easy shoes to fill, nope. and uh, you two have really done a, a a great deal Thanks, with yeah. with calling those games.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just along for the ride at home. It's still uh, fun. I mean, though. Oh, yeah, it's 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 a blast. It's it's a dream. I mean, like I one of the reasons why you get like I got into broadcasting anyway was because of a guy like Bob Ridley yeah. and seeing just his career and how influential he was uh, and still is to to this community and and hockey as a whole and I was like I wanted to be, to be like Bob. And obviously, there's no replacing Bob. There's only uh, just doing what you can do. So Scott and I have we take a lighter approach to the games when we've been doing them. It's tried to to inject a little bit of randomness and some some laughs along the way, right? And uh, and just make it our own. But there's there's nothing like the legend. So uh, happy to to hear that he'll come back uh, for the final home game Friday, April 15th against the uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. I said on the broadcast back on Tuesday, I'll say it again. I guess that means I can slide out of the way, I suppose, for Bob. I'll get out of the way and let him, you let him call it. You
1: can watch the game now.
2: Yeah, I, I could watch the game. You can have wobbly pops and watch the true. game now. On a good Friday. Yeah. What a good Friday it'll be. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, uh, so yeah. The one thing that I was perturbed about in that whole uh, Bob Ridley appreciation thing, yeah. all the people are like, oh, yeah. You know, Rids texts me all the time. We talk all the time. I thought that that was me and Rids. Oh, I thought he... that was only the bond. That Rids and I have.
2: You thought you were special?
1: Yeah. Because he texts me from time to time and says, hey, you're doing a good job or just checking in. Mm Mm-hmm. He does it with everybody.
2: Bob doesn't even text me. No, no, you don't no. get the text. I don't think. I don't think we have each other's number, <laughs> and it's probably for the best. He knows, like you know, I have family history in this in this building and yeah. with this company. Yeah, he knows how the the elder doll is. He yeah. probably wants to stay away from me, so I get that.
1: That's probably for the best. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, going back to it, it was a great night. Yeah, I know Rids doesn't really like when the magnifying glass is on him, and everyone is. Uh, uh, celebrating him, but it, it is well deserved. That yep. man has called. Now, when he calls the game on Friday, I had no idea until you told me this. He is now called every season of the Medicine Hat. Yeah,
2: a game in every single a season every since season. they've uh, they've been around. So what a stat that. That's is. quite a that's quite a neat little you know uh, extension of of a different type of record, right? Obviously, uh, not calling every game but one. That's gone. But to continue calling a game in every single season, I mean. What is that now, 51, 52 years, however many we're at now? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So, so that's really cool to see, and uh, it's it's well-deserved for for Rids, who I know is going to be very excited next yeah. Friday. He's going to be pumped to get back on the mic. and uh, He's going
1: to be there at 11 a.m. <laughs> ready for I that mean, game he's, on he's Friday. he's there at
2: 11 a.m. already anyways. <laughs> he's hanging out in the coach's room. <laughs> I'm surprised this guy's not the video coach or something with Jace Desjardins. Yeah. I don't know why he's not in there. <laughs> you are like, hey, show me how to run this. What are you using there? Yeah, Adobe.
1: Soon, he's going to take the mic from me, too. That man will just be all over the arena.
2: I don't think he wants your job. No, he doesn't want mine? No, I'm willing to bet. Actually, I know he doesn't want what you do.
1: <laughs> well, some days is better than others.
2: I just don't know if he, he wants to be running around the building. That's, that's yeah, the thing.
1: Yeah. You definitely make your steps up on game day. That's like 10,000 steps easy. I do miss that. Yeah. I do miss cutting 10, my
2: 10,000 steps.
1: steps. 100%. We appreciate Ritz and hey, we appreciate you. We we couldn't do this if it wasn't for you guys downloading and listening yep. and uh telling us how much you like it. So appreciate or hate you. hate it. I think we got uh I think a couple left. Hey, are we doing two more? I of plan these?
2: on two more. Two more? I think we'll do one ahead of the uh that'll drop obviously next Friday ahead of the final game of the regular season. And then the week after, we'll kind of wrap up the year. Fingers crossed. I haven't asked Joe Frazier if he wants to be a part of it yet. So I'm just going to put it out there now. Let's Hopefully he hears it and yeah. then and then wants to be a part of it. And if not, then, uh, then I guess we'll just have to look at each other and... Reminisce,
1: reminisce about the year that was. Thank yeah. you so much. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. I'm Jesse. He's Lance. This is Tigers Uncaged.
0: This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, I
1: love the powered
0: by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during
1: hockey season. I love the